Welcome to Comeback. This is the one-year anniversary special episode, and I'm delighted to be taking part answering your most commonly asked questions about the podcast process so far. Thank you to everybody who has sent in some questions. Much appreciated. Much appreciate all of the support as usual, whether this be via Facebook or Instagram or Spotify or Apple. If you enjoyed the podcast, you can leave a rate and review on either Apple Podcasts or Spotify. Either would be appreciated. Thank you. And now let's get on to the main part, which is your Q and A's. I'm going to answer questions from this one year of comeback that I've taken part in. I would have uploaded this episode last week, yet I was struck by a flu. So unfortunately, the quality of the audio didn't work. So I'm here now in better health and ready to answer. First question is, what has been your favorite part? What has been my favorite part of the journey so far? That is a good question, and I would probably link it back to the very essence of the show in the comeback aspect. It's been my favorite part actually making my personal comeback, finding something I really enjoy and can really channel and harness my energy towards and really put it there. That's been my favorite part, and also the variety. We're living in such a multicultural, diverse, vibrant city such as Saigon. You meet people from all over the world, from France, from Italy, Spain, Bermuda, Singapore, Hong Kong, Thailand, Vietnam itself, the list goes on. And to have these conversations and really get into the minds of people that you wouldn't previously have. For example, I've mentioned before on podcasts, specifically creators in Vietnam and 7 million bikes, that if you met someone at work or in a bar or at a coffee shop or on the street, you wouldn't have the same genuine, authentic connection that you do with a podcast. People appreciate the mutual exchange, the opportunity to share their story, and the opportunity for me to listen and learn. At this stage of my life, where I've recently or fairly recently turned 24 years old, I think it's key. So my favorite part is the personal comeback and also learning off others, which leads me very nicely to the next question. Did you do the podcast for yourself or for other people? Very good question. And the answer is a bit of both. The, I did it for myself initially to get some kind of purpose and because I simply really enjoyed doing it, but also knowing that people have the opportunity to listen and to really get the lessons and the insights from the guests and to know that it doesn't matter what happens to you. It's how you come back. The comeback beats the setback, etc. So it's a combination, really. I mean, if I was to be slightly selfish, I'd say that I definitely started for my own reasons. And if nobody listened to the podcast, I would still keep reproducing it just because I enjoy it, pure and simple. So partially there, but I do also enjoy the fact that it makes others feel better. And I really enjoy when I get the feedback from people occasionally that a, a certain segment, a certain clip has really resonated. They've made changes as a result. There's quite a few of these examples of people making changes as a result, which is great. And the most difficult part of the journey. This is the next question. What has been the most difficult part? I'm actually kind of quite stumped. I can't really think of a specific moment, to be completely honest with you. It feels, it's felt very consistent. And I say this in a very good way, where previously some issues that I had with things being either too high or too low, there was no real middle ground. There was no common interest. Yet with this one, the difficult part Possibly time management, to be honest with you, Pro possibly during, especially during lockdown, etc. possibly having the motivation to get three or done in a day, etc. But I always notice once I've finished an episode, my energy is automatically up anyway. So I don't really subscribe to that as much. 
Yeah, probably the most difficult bit has been most difficult bit has probably been getting the guests together, probably the schedule wise, because people cancel last minute. I sometimes cancel, etc. So the most difficult part is probably that, but it's worth it for the long-term reward. And the most challenging aspect of producing episodes. This one I discussed recently. I was invited onto the content creator podcast with Zach, Zach Agbel, who I interviewed in episode 294. And we, we spoke about this. We spoke about the technical side where towards the beginning, I got a shift of momentum where I would just produce, produce, release. Yeah, I could easily be slowed down by the little things, the sound editing, the audio, the technical side of things, which isn't really my forte. My forte is more finding people to ask cool questions and get the cool interviews. I don't really think about the technical stuff. It's not where I... Where, where I lie, hence why my setup is fairly basic. I do Anchor, I, which is fairly basic free software. You just upload your audio, it's there. Uh, I also have, I didn't have microphones to begin with. Nowadays I do. I have a USB for my offline interviews and two, I can't even pronounce the word, love, <laughs> I don't know, but Milan from episode 278 sorted that for me. So I have two clip-on microphones, which enhance the audio quality. So it's not really fancy. It's not complex at all. It's just basic principles of getting a podcast done. I've covered, I've not really gone beyond that. Maybe in the future when I see some progress in that regard, but we'll just have to see what happens. So yeah, the most challenging part of producing episodes, sometimes when I'm not the most technical myself, really gearing myself up to go through the episode and take out selected bits if it's required. I do want to stress, I don't do that much editing. I don't do an enormous amount. I do little parts, but if it's required, but as a rule, I like to let the conversation be authentic. There's nothing worse than when you can tell a conversation has been constructed or manufactured into a certain way to fit an agenda. I'd rather just let everything that's said be out there for the listeners to make their mind up and also for myself. And that's one reason, but also I'm slightly lazy with the tech. So it's a bit of a combination. Next question, how do you stay so consistent? Um, yeah, I did 305 episodes in the first year. And the real simple answer is because I really enjoy it. I really enjoy the whole process, shall we say, from meeting the guest, having the consultation, having the conversation, their reaction. I've often noticed a before and after where before the guest is slightly apprehensive. It's a bit out of their comfort zone. It's usually their first podcast to what happens afterwards where they're buzzing. They're delighted with the content. They want to share it with their friends. They ask me questions and you just see a complete shift over the half hour hour due to the nature of the conversation we've had, which is amazing. That feeling probably keeps me going alongside the energy I naturally have for it and that natural energy and enthusiasm. But if I'm completely honest, lockdown did help uh, the podcast to a degree in terms of producing regularly. For four months, June, July, August, September, Vietnam was in really draconian lockdown. So I couldn't really do anything but release podcasts. So that's why during that period, you will see a complete barrage of episodes, including ones themed for the trivial, like England football's coming home, Ronaldo coming back to Man United, two more serious ones like Vietnamese war veterans or cases of prior sexual abuse. They can definitely vary. And that's another thing that I wanted to keep up really with the comeback theme. There is a question in here to do with variety. So I might as well kill two birds with one stone and answer now. Uh, the reason why I keep the variety is because I don't get bored, because I might learn stuff from people with different interests. 
and because it makes the podcast a much more enjoyable experience. If I only spoke to people about football or rock music or mental health, it could get slightly repetitive and I wouldn't enjoy after a while. I need my brain to be to be mixed up occasionally. I need a different change of scenery. Hence why I enjoy the variety from this pod. Uh, in terms of the themes, uh, any favorite themes or favorite lessons? Probably say taking responsibility. This is a key one that a lot of guests have said to me where you are dealt different cards, but how do you handle it? Because you can't choose the cards you're dealt. Often they're just there for you. And often in life, things happen which aren't your fault, but it's completely your responsibility how you react to it. So that comes up almost every time. And I feel like in the last 20 or 30 episodes, I've been advocating it. It's regularly mentioned on the High Performance Podcast with Jake Humphrey and Damien Hughes. I was very lucky to have Damien on my show back in July. That was an amazing experience. So that's definitely up there with the responsibility. Another one is just do it. It sounds very generic. It sounds like something that you just plucked from the Nike advert, but literally just doing something is the key where you can overthink your way out of a certain avenue or a certain situation rather than just pulling the trigger, taking action and letting it go. Important lessons and the things I really admired was the phrase done is the new perfect. Matt from episode three, Matt Burke. Thank you, Matt. He told me and I thought, wow, yeah, that really resonates. If you do something, as long as it's done, that is key. That is much more important than things being not quite the way you want them to or perfect. I realized from a quote, always do your best. Your best will differ from day to day. I will look back and I should do in a year from now, listening to this podcast and cringe with the quality I'll think, oh, it's not good enough. It's not there, but it was a necessary step. So I'm very happy now to release content that I know I will cringe at in the future because it's not elite level, because it's not going to be. Because I've only done a certain amount, I'm not going to be here. When I look at the top world interviewers, they've done this thousands and thousands of times. It's become almost engaged in their brain how to get a world-class interview. I'm on 300 now, I'm still learning and I still always will learn. So I'm completely content with that process. And that leads me to the third theme, which is be humble. Often when achieving stuff, it can be very easy to let the ego take control. Yet being humble is something that when the guests share, I really listen because you're not always going to be on top of the mountain. You are going to fall at some point and we are gonna get knocks every now and then. So just keeping yourself in check is very key. And that's why I believe that a lot of the successful guests that I've interviewed have managed to do so. We like this next question. This next question is, what represents a good podcast for you? Oh, there's a variety of things. <clears throat> a genuine connection. Unfiltered. Both of you gain from it. They gain from sharing their story. I gain from listening. Knowing it has deeper value knowing that it can be listened to by a wide variety of people and still find some great insight or great message from it. And also fun. I think the most important thing and one of the biggest misconceptions <clears throat> and one of the biggest misconceptions about comeback is that it's just related to mental health or it's just related on comeback to adversity. That is a big part of it, but there are a lot of other factors in play. I wouldn't want to just do a podcast based on mental health because I feel like it would be too heavy. I do need some variety. I do need 
to be picked up. I do need a bit of spontaneity, a bit of laughter. I do need a different dynamic where I do think comeback stories are important. I'm happy to share them, but I also enjoy the lighthearted side of things because I do realize you can't take everything too seriously. And that would be a bit too much of a serious niche. So that's why I try to mix it up. It's also why I haven't niched because I just enjoy interviewing as many people from as many different walks of life as possible. So that's my take on things as they stand. Uh, how much research do I do? Quite a bit, to be honest with you. Often there's a consultation between myself and the guest where we will sit and we will discuss topics to discuss, what to leave in, what to leave out, the angle, what they want, what I want. We'll really go in uh, just for you know 20 minutes or so before the chat, perhaps via messenger or whatnot. I'll send a draft with questions and it really helps the guest to come prepared. A lot of people, they will be their first time. So they will want some kind of initial prompt, which I'm more than happy to give. So I do quite a lot of research, especially if it's someone who has a kind of public profile. I'll read articles they've done, interviews they've done before. I'll listen to their previous podcasts. I'll really try and get into them and see what a good interview is. And with that dream guests, this is weird because I have so many and there isn't really a standout one. I mean, I've thought Tyson Fury for quite a while because I've really been impressed by his comeback story. And Sir Alex Ferguson, that would probably be the dream. Paul McKenna was huge for me in 2019. That would be a great interview. I'd probably say Sir Alex. I'll have to choose really one because I don't think he's done any podcasts. I know he, he does mainstream media. So if I had to choose, I'd choose Sir Alex, but we'll see how that situation comes. Hopefully one day we can get him on. Um, how to make a guest as comfortable as possible? This is a good question, actually. And I think I try to do it subconsciously. I try to represent that they're going to have the best experience possible. As in, I try to give them an opportunity. I try and say, this is your chance to share your story of your success, of why you've done things. It's unfiltered, it's raw, it's authentic. It's your unique chance where you're going to be listened to. And a lot of the time we just want attention. I think if you were to go back to a lot of people's deep rooted psychological issues, they all come from a lack of attention where it mattered most. So this is why this podcast can be slightly cathartic for some guests. And it's a reason, I believe, why people keep coming back on the comeback. Um, how much experimentation have you done? Quite a lot, to be honest with you. Uh, this is why I enjoyed the first year with the variety, because I could really experiment and see what works and what doesn't. With this, I've trialed a co-host for a few episodes. I've tried group interviews, both in person and on Zoom. I've tried flea... <laughs> I have tried free flow conversation, freestyle, where we go in without any notes, no script, no prompts. And that doesn't work for me. I'm going to put it out there. I need some kind of knowledge. I need some kind of backup. And as I believe I'm not the most effective conversationalist, I probably do need some notes to get by. So these freestyle conversations, I've noticed after a while, they just weren't coherent enough for a, a decent interview. So that's people talking over each other, etc. So this is why I decided to, yeah, ultimately always prepare for my interviews. I think that's best. I'm glad I experimented because if I never tried, I would never find out. But that was definitely one factor. And also group interviews can be fun, but it's a very different challenge. Like the cold ones with Coastal Connection, both times they were wonderful. Really enjoyed both and excited for the third but it can be tricky in certain areas to find the right balance. Make sure you're talking to one person the same as the next guest. That can be difficult. 
So it really depends. I, I would rather do individual, but I'm happy to go for group, just do experiment. <laughs> the next question is Billy Joe Armstrong or John Mayer, which one would you like on the podcast? Good question. Thank you, Dom, for sending. I think I would choose Billy Joe just because of the overall contribution of Green Day. I feel like John Mayer would be a fascinating interview, but Billy Joe, I feel like there's slightly more resonance due to his music, so I would probably choose him. Uh, he's probably fourth or fifth in terms of the dream guests, if not the top three, so he's certainly there. And any main aims in 2022? This is coming to the end of the Q&A session. Any main aims? Mm, probably to keep going, probably to get back into the writing, the blogging side of things. I think in 2021, I just went full in on the podcast and completely took over in that regard. But I think to get back into the writing, get into my prose again and really start getting that down for perhaps my future journalism career. We'll probably still be in Vietnam, but you never know. You never know how things go. I knew a lot of people who planned on staying in Vietnam forever. They went home. People who planned on staying here for three months have ended up here two and a half years alongside myself. So we'll see what, how things go. I would like to visit a new country at some point, but we'll see what the situation is. Vietnam. And yeah, the final question is one that I'm not going to answer. And it is, <laughs> who is your favorite guest? And the reason why I'm not answering is because it's like picking a favorite child. There are 305 <laughs> children that have all been valuable in their own way. I know that's possibly a slightly corny or a bit of a cliche cop-out answer, but that's the way it goes. I can't think of any particular guest that if I only had to choose one, I would play back. Now, I know that's me avoiding the question, and I promise that once it gets to, say, 500 or 600 episodes or two or three years' time, then I will pick one. I will pick one standout from the archives. But for now, I'm happy with the catalog that I've got. So those are the questions. Thank you very much to everyone who's sent in via Instagram or Facebook or support and the feedback from those who've taken the time to listen, uh, especially those who've left ratings and reviews. You can do so, as I mentioned at the beginning, on Apple or Spotify. And also thank you to every guest. I think that you have to give up a certain portion of your time to be with me. And time is your most important commodity. And every time the guest will give me the time and also give me the valuable insight so i hugely appreciate it thanks very much for doing so and yeah if you enjoyed feel free to get in touch my primary source of online communication is at the comeback with ck on instagram but feel free to get in touch there'll be a website soon yeah once again thank you very much for tuning in soon warm regards connor take care